Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. When we read the Bible, it's plain to see that Israel plays a vital role in God's story of redemption. And with all that's happening today in Israel and the Middle East, I'd like to invite you to sign up to get a free one-year subscription to Israel My Glory magazine. Our magazine provides timely and insightful articles that shed light on trends that influence Israel and the Christian world. Visit foiradio.org to subscribe. And friends, uh, we don't want you to miss out on getting a free year of Israel My Glory. And that's why today our entire show is dedicated to the most recent issue of our magazine, which is all about the rapture of the church. And today, David Levy, Director of Education and Ministry Relations at the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, will join me to share about what the scriptures say about the rapture biblically. And then I'll share my perspective on why I think the teaching of the rapture is disappearing from our churches. But first, the news. Researchers at Haifa University in Israel decoded one of the last remaining fragments of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and what they found is quite astonishing. The Qumran community who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls didn't follow the traditional lunar calendar in Judaism. That's what they found out. Instead, what they followed was a 364-day calendar, which gave the community the ability to prevent important festivals like Passover from falling on Sabbath. Well, well, here's my take. Important findings like these help us understand more and more about the culture and lives of the Jewish community during the days of Jesus. And let me tell you, it was not a monolithic community. They wrestled and disagreed over theological issues and political disagreements, uh, much like we do in our modern times. Yet, despite our opinions and despite our debates, it's the truth of God's word that withstands the test of time. On the line is David Levy, and we are looking at our most recent issue of Israel, My Glory. David, let's jump right in here. For our listeners, maybe they've heard about the rapture before. Uh, Maybe they're well-versed in the rapture, or maybe somebody's still trying to figure it out. Can you define what the rapture of the church is? Yes, the rapture of the church is actually the seizing away, the snatching away, the catching away of... uh, believers, and when I say believers, born-again people who are in the body of Christ, and uh, at a specific time in history, uh, Christ will appear in the clouds of heaven, and they will be caught up quickly in the twinkling of an eye to meet the Lord in the air, and he's going to take them to heaven. And so, actually, the word rapture is not in the Bible, but the Lat- it comes from a Latin word that means raptura, and uh, that translates over into the Greek word harpazo, which actually means the same as seized, snatched, or caught away. Now, and it's interesting that you say that, because oftentimes I'll read scholars, and, you know, they'll criticize the rapture, and they'll say the rapture isn't even in the Bible. And technically, you're right, the word rapture isn't in the Bible, but that's because rapture, like you said, is the, the Latin word that is connected to the Greek word harpazo, which means to literally snatch up. So while we are saying the word rapture isn't in the Bible, 
we are saying that that concept, that word, which means to snatch, that the, the church is getting snatched up, caught away, is in the Bible. Is that correct? That's exactly right, and uh, you can't argue with Scripture, and especially the original text. That's right. And and for our listeners, you know, the, the major verse, right, David, is First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, which says this, Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Can you unpack that verse a little bit for us, David, to help us understand what's going on there? Uh, Yes. Uh, What is actually happening, Chris, is uh, all those who are believers, it says, in Christ, will be caught up together with uh, uh, each other to meet the Lord in the air. Now, first of all, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, as the Scripture teaches, and then we who are alive and remain will be uh, meet with them in the air as we meet uh, Jesus Christ, uh, and he will take us to heaven. If you remember, he said in John 14 that he goes to prepare a place for us, and if he goes to prepare a place for us, he'll come again, receive us unto himself, that where he is we may be also, and the place is a dwelling place in heaven. And from that point forward, uh, we will always be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and David, you know, I, I think oftentimes uh, people think of the rapture, you know, we're talking about, like you said, the dead will rise and then we are caught up with them. W- would you associate this, is this the resurrection of the Church, David? Uh, yes, that's the resurrection of the Church, those who uh, are part of the body of Christ who have passed on. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, uh, they were uh, concerned about what was going to happen to those who had died before Christ's promised coming. And Paul very clearly explains it here. He doesn't want them to be ignorant. That means he doesn't want them to be uninformed. He wants them to know exactly what has happened. And so uh, those who are part of the Church, who have passed on, are going to be uh, resurrected. They're going to be, uh, their bodies are going to be reunited with their soul and spirit, which is in heaven, and they're going to get a glorified body. But we who are alive will not die. We will be uh, glorified um, at at the moment of the rapture or the resurrection that takes place. Now, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. And David, I get this question all the time. What is the last trump that's mentioned there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? Could you share that? Uh, Yes. We know it can't be the last trump in the Bible, and it's not speaking of any of the trumpets that are mentioned in the book of Revelation. Uh, the last trump uh, can't not be um, the last trump that is uh, spoken anyway in the Bible, because we know that this uh, trump is really speaking of those who will hear the trump of God uh, and be raptured away. In fact, there is a, a last trump that's going to be heard after the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. If one would read in Matthew chapter 24, verse 30, it says that the Lord is coming in great power, and uh, he's coming in power and great glory. But then it says in verse 31 after that, there's going to be a trump of God. 
And uh, so Christ has already come back the second time. So what is this last trump? This is not the trump for the church. In context there, it's speaking about the trump for Jewish people. They're going to hear a trump, and they're going to be regathered back to the land for what we call the millennial kingdom. Hmm. You, you know, in in your article, you you talk about the relationship Jesus Christ resembles. This idea that Jesus is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. How does the rapture fit within that relationship, David? Well, uh, the we are uh, the bride. Christ is the bridegroom. In the sense, once he has raptured us away, taken us to heaven, there is going to be a marriage. We are going to be uh, married to Christ. So there's going to be a ceremony where we are part of uh, uh, the body of Christ, and we are brought into a solid relationship with him through marriage. Uh, we are the bride of Christ, and it says this in a number of portions in the Scripture. In your article, you say this, the rapture's major mission is to deliver the church from God's wrathful judgment of sinful humanity, which will afflict the entire earth, which, you know, people debate, will the rapture take place before this time of wrath, the tribulation? Will it happen in the middle? Will it happen at the end? Uh, David, I I think one of the greatest arguments for a pre-tribulational rapture, a rapture that happens before the tribulation, is that Christ is going to return, his imminent return will happen. That means there's no events that can lead up to it, but also that God is protecting us, his church, his bride, from God's wrath. Would you say that's true? Uh, That's exactly true, and there are two portions of Scripture that mention that, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 10, and it says uh, that we are to wait for the Son from heaven, uh, whom he raised, speaking of God, from the dead, even Jesus, uh, who delivered us from the wrath to come. Hmm. And then you go over to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it builds upon that, and it says in verse 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation, that means deliverance, that's not speaking of our spiritual salvation, means delivered us by the Lord Jesus Christ. So he has not appointed us to wrath. We will in no way go through the wrath uh, wrath that God's going to pour out during the time of the tribulation. And so there's many scriptures that will uh, build upon this too and tell us we're not appointed to wrath. My friends, we've been speaking with David Levy, who's the Director of Education and Ministry Relations, and uh, he's a Bible teacher with the Friends of Israel. He's a conference speaker. Uh, It's been a joy to have you on. Thank you so much for spending time with us, enlightening us on the rapture, its meaning, its purpose, and why it's such an important doctrine of the Church. Thank you, Chris. Joy to be with you. In many churches today, the idea of being caught up or raptured to heaven is not being taught as a valid viewpoint. Why is this? Well, authors Ed Hinson and Mark Hitchcock answer the question, and many more in their new book, Can We Still Believe in the Rapture? 
This book is full of carefully thought-out historical, biblical, and theological truth. Learn what the current arguments are for those who oppose the pre-tribulational rapture view, and be encouraged as you get a glimpse of our glorious future as believers in Jesus the Messiah. Dr. Michael Vock, professor of theology at Master Seminary, said, I have read several helpful books on the rapture, but this one is at the top. You can purchase your copy by going to foiradio.org or call our listener line at 888-343-6940. Again, that's 888-343-6940. Our website, once again, foiradio.org. Rapture, Antichrist, and the Tribulation are all words that Josiah Hess associated with his apocalyptic upbringing. And an upbringing that he says was built on the urgency of avoiding hell. Well, in his article that he wrote, Apocalyptic Upbringing, How I Recovered from My Terrifying Evangelical Childhood, Hess looks back on uh, one particular stormy night in his Iowa town when he was home alone, and his parents were running late after being out for the evening. And being unsure of his parents' whereabouts, fear started to creep into Josiah's mind. And an anxiety started to build up that his parents had been raptured and that he had been left behind. And Hess said this in his article, My parents were home late and my first thought was that they had been raptured to heaven. Well, young Josiah ran down into the basement after grabbing his snacks, his juice boxes, a knife, and his Bible. And he knew being left behind would mean hiding from the Antichrist and denying the mark of the beast. Well, all of a sudden, he heard the sound of his parents returning home, relieving that apocalyptic anxiety. However, Hess admits that he would carry that same anxiety into adulthood, dropping, eventually dropping the theology of his youth and sadly his faith altogether. Now, Josiah Hess, I think, represents a vast number of Christians who for some reason or another abandoned the belief in the rapture of the church. You know, what happened to this once popular theology? And, and the question we, did, we need to ask ourselves are, why are so many evangelical Christians rejecting the rapture lock, stock, and barrel? H- has the rapture been left behind? Or is there still a blessed hope of its relevancy in the church today? Well, I'm sure most of you know this, but Tim LaHaye's wildly successful Left Behind series introduced eschatology, the study of end times, to a much broader audience by merging popular fiction with premillennial and pre-tribulational rapture doctrine. The plotline of the Left Behind series unhinged the rapture from what what are the confines of a Sunday sermon to become a suspense novel Christians and non-Christians alike discussed around the water cooler. Y- you know, everybody was enraptured with the rapture when the, when the Left Behind series came out. Now, books and videos like Hal Lindsey's The Late Great Planet Earth and A Thief in the Night, they raised awareness about the pre-tribulational rapture in the past, but nothing connected rapture theology to contemporary pop culture like the Left Behind series. Seven books from the series rose to number one on the New York Times bestseller list, selling more than 63 million copies worldwide. And as the rapture gained notoriety in the secular world, 
it rapidly devolved from theology into theater. Uh, 30 Rock, a popular comedic sitcom which aired on NBC, featured a character named Kenneth Parcell, who was a dedicated NBC page, who was an outspoken, charismatic Christian. And in one episode, Kenneth leaves his job after his pastor told him the date of the rapture. And when that date arrived, Kenneth donned a shirt with the word rapture written across the front, and he said his final goodbyes to his friends, only to find out the next day that the rapture never happened and the whole thing was a hoax. And think about this. That episode of 30 Rock aired not long after Harold Camping spent more than $100 million advertising the rapture of the church on May 21st, 2011. Now, Harold Camping is definitely not within our camp here at the Friends of Israel. He does not believe, he's not dispensational, um, and, and he had some very out-of-the-box ideas on eschatology in the future, but national media waited to see if Christians would suddenly disappear from earth. And you know what? May 21st came and went, and there was no rapture. Camping, you know, what he decided to do was to recalculate his numbers for October 21st, 2011. And yet again, Camping and his beleaguered followers emerged October 22nd after dragging the doctrine of the rapture through the mud with everything just as it was the day before. Christians who believe in the rapture of the church are often portrayed in media as escapists who are out of touch with reality and ready to leave this world and all of its problems behind. The reputation of the rapture has eroded over the past few decades, thanks in part to what I believe is the misinformation that's brought about from mainstream media mischaracterizing the rapture as some sci-fi thriller. And to add insult to injury, date setters like Harold Camping make a public spectacle of speculating about the rapture and the end of the world. You know, Christians don't want to be associated with a belief that is mocked publicly or abused through date setting. So naturally, they distance themselves from this brand of theology. And this distancing is seen more and more in the pulpit than in the pew. If you know any aspiring pastor or missionary or Christian educator in your church, they're probably on their way to receiving biblical training before they go into full-time ministry. And in Christian higher education, students are introduced to multiple ways of interpreting the scriptures by learning biblical history, different theological perspectives, and the development of doctrine. Christian education is an incredibly worthwhile endeavor, yet— most Christian colleges disregard the value of the pre-tribulational rapture. Today, the rapture is not taught as a biblical doctrine, but instead a, a byproduct that started with John Nelson Darby. Students who once sat under a pastor who taught about the biblical approach to the rapture become more and more susceptible to abandon the doctrine altogether after they graduate from college or seminary. You know, you know, LifeWay Research conducted a survey recently on end times views of Protestant pastors, and what they found was illuminating. A third of the pastors interviewed believe in a literal rapture of the church. However, what stood out was the influence age and education has on a pastor's view of the rapture. Think about this. Of those pastors that believe in the rapture, 
60% uh, have no college degree, while only 26% of pastors who earned a master's degree believe the church will literally be raptured at the appearance of Christ in accordance with uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Another interesting fact that appeared from this study is how age affects what pastors believe about the rapture. According to the study, pastors under 45 are less likely to believe in a rapture that happens before the tribulation. And if they do believe in a rapture at all, it happens at the end of the tribulation simultaneously with the uh, second coming of Christ. So to me, when I see this, when I see these numbers, it's no coincidence pastors under 45 with advanced degrees have, are leaving behind pre-tribulational views of the rapture. And these statistics bear the evidence that Christian higher education over the past 20 years shied away from teaching this doctrine with the seriousness it deserves producing graduates who have little concern for the rapture of the church. You know, when actor Nicolas Cage starred in the most recent reboot of the Left Behind movie in 2014, research professor of philosophy at Talbot School of Theology, and he's the professor of philosophy at Houston Baptist University, Dr. William Lane Craig, said that Christians should enjoy the movie, talking about the Left Behind movie, but warned moviegoers to beware of the theology behind it. According to Dr. Craig, the pre-tribulational rapture is an unbiblical doctrine that is adopted by good Christians who lack the biblical insights to disprove it. Here's what he said. It's astonishing. If I'm correct about this, American evangelicalism is very widely misled that it has departed from the historic Christian position about the second coming of Christ. That's really rather sobering, because if we're wrong about this, what other things might we have misinterpreted? When we wonder what happened to the raptures, as you look out and maybe you, you're wondering why your pastor uh, or Bible teachers haven't taught about the rapture in, in several decades, maybe. It's easy to see how the mischaracterization in pop culture coupled with a negative view of the rapture in Christian higher education could produce an apathy toward this very important doctrine, the rapture. And this apathy, you know what happens to it? It trickles down from the pulpit to the parishioner. The relevancy of the rapture in the church will reoccur, I believe. When Christians engage with it from a biblical perspective, really examining the text for themselves, learning about the rapture from a movie or from a novel isn't enough to withstand the barrage of attacks against it. You've got to be looking in the Bible, my friends. You've got to be studying the Bible and what the Word says about the rapture of the church, the catching up of the church in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. There are plenty of valid biblical arguments to persuade any Bible-believing Christian that the pre-tribulational rapture is the blessed hope of the imminent return of Christ and the resurrection of his church. Chris, this episode contained a lot of good information about the rapture, but why is the rapture important to the life of the believer? 
Yeah, this is the all-important question. And, and for me, what I see is that the church is the bride of Christ, which means that Christ values, adores, and loves the church. And, and why would he drag her through the wrath of God to come in the tribulation? You know, 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says that Jesus is coming to take the church to deliver us from the wrath to come. So why is the rapture so important? Well, it's just as simple as Christ loves the church. Amen. Thank you, Chris. A reminder, if you have not subscribed to Israel My Glory, that you can get a full year at no cost, visit foiradio.org. There you can also find the new book we mentioned, Can We Still Believe in the Rapture? Again, visit foiradio.org. Our host and teacher is Chris Gatolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Galeone. Co-written by Sarah Fern, engineered by Bob Beebe, Mike Kellogg read Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people. <laughs>